The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the science behind effective content creation. Joining us is Anastasia Lang, who is the CEO of CreativeX, which is an automated creative intelligence platform that aims to advance creative expression through the clarity of data. CreativeX's technology is used globally by Fortune 500 brands like Unilever, Nestle, Heineken, and even Facebook to measure creative efficiency, consistency, and the impact across all their image and video content worldwide. Yesterday, Anastasia and I had a conversation about data-backed creative content, pulling some parallels between evaluating things like video advertising and display advertising with what's actually happening in the SEO community. And today we're going to continue the conversation by talking about how to measure brand efficiency in real time. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S. Dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's the second part of my conversation with Anastasia Lang, CEO of CreativeX. Anastasia, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. I feel very honored to be invited back. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. I'm excited to continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about what you're doing at CreativeX, which is looking at all of the sort of disparate variables of something as subjective as a piece of creative, a display creative, a video creative, and trying to figure out what's going to make an impact on mostly performance marketing. I think the takeaway from that conversation is what you're doing, how you're evaluating creative is very similar to what's been happening in the SEO community for roughly a decade, which is trying to make sense of what are the ranking factors of whatever marketing channel you have and trying to understand how you can optimize that specific channel of marketing 
to be accepted by whatever algorithm it is. For SEOs, it's Google. For you, it might be the Facebook or YouTube you know, ad algorithm. One of the underlying challenges that all marketers have, whether it's display, PR, SEO, even events, understanding the impact of your brand. And a lot of the times, SEOs don't really think of themselves as a brand channel, but we're becoming more and more brand-oriented, specifically with the rise of sort of the zero-click and Google just capturing and displaying more content and driving less clicks. So you're an expert in measuring brand efficiency in real time. Talk us through some of your strategy for understanding how to think about your brand as you're marketing. Well, expert is a is hall order, but the way we think about brand efficiency and where it all starts with for us is to think about the very subjective question is, what is your brand and what does it stand for? So the first step that we take when we start measuring brand is we try and break down everything the brand means. Internally, we, we talk about it as automating the brand book. Often we use something that's called distinctive brand assets to try and figure out what are those things that are truly unique about your brand and how do we build algorithms to detect that in every piece of content that you have. And then once you have that set of sort of visual automation that's tailor-made, and by the way, it's not just, it could be visual, it could be audio, it could be text-based automation that's really specific to your brand's colors, characters, tone of voice, audio identity, et cetera, you can start to paint a picture of the level of consistency that each creative execution has to your overall brand identity. And once you can actually get a brand consistency score on every creative asset, you can start to use that data and map the level of consistency against the various marketing performance metrics that you care about, starting to ask yourself not only what is the difference in performance between an ad we consider truly branded, i.e. it's got more brand identity than just the logo than an ad that's not, the level of branding you see in an ad, as well as each individual branding principle and how these things contribute to some of the marketing KPIs you're trying to optimize for. It's interesting to me that when you talk about brand efficiency, you talk about consistency. And I understand why for you, a lot of that is, are you using the same color palette? Are you using the same marks? Are you using the same language tone? Because you want your brand to show up and feel consistent and make it feel like one brand that's presenting the message to the end consumer at all times. The only thing that I kind of question is I might have perfect consistency and a terrible brand, right? You know, a brand that nobody's ever heard of that has ugly colors that doesn't speak very articulately, but we do it inarticulately all of the time. Consistency doesn't necessarily equal quality or positioning or differentiation. So as you think about what actually drives a brand to be distinguished and performant, maybe specifically on the copy and the creative side, how do you think about what makes a good brand, not just a consistent brand? Well, so for us, those two things are related. And I think it's a question of where you start. So for a lot of the brands that we work with, they've usually done the upfront work to figure out for the things that are part of their brand book, where do they stack rank in the competitive landscape, right? Do users, and there's an institute called the Ehrenberg Boss Institute that does a lot of research on what's called distinctive brand assets, where they'll actually, you know, they'll try and strip the logo out of an ad and show you ads that have some of these distinctive brand elements and they get you to then, you know, do sort of survey panels to figure out, do you recognize the brand? How do you feel about it, et cetera? And so through that, brands usually end up with some sort of framing as to how distinctive and recognizable and likable are some of these elements, which then informs the things that we track. I think 
And by the way, to your point about efficiency, there is a tremendous amount of research that shows that consistency does drive efficiency. But you're right that there are those edge cases where all of the things you're consistent about are categorically terrible. So is that going to drive gains in efficiency? Well, I guess it depends on, you know, I think it, it depends on kind of how we're defining terrible to some extent. So when we say terrible, like, what does that mean? I think if a brand has intentionally picked out the things that it chooses from a tone of voice point of view, from a color's point of view, et cetera, you know, like ugly colors are a strategy too, and they can be a strategy in distinctiveness, maybe not sort of consistency is not the first part of that game, but being off color and being intentionally off trend, off trend. Yes. Thank you can actually be an effective strategy as well. So, you know, I want to get away from things like, is it ugly or is the copy bad? Because again, those things are subjective statements. And I think it's really about, are you intentionally using those things and reinforcing them? And is there a purpose behind it, right? One of the things that I've learned through this world of creative is, you know, we work with a brilliant designer who has really opened our eyes that even things like font have meaning that I was never clued into. And and that's the same thing for colors. Like there's this great illustration of the different colors that companies have picked for their logo. And for example, one of the things that you find is food companies, anything that's food, anything that tends to be like entertainment, their logos tend to be red and bright because those are impulsive colors. And so they try and emphasize that. If you look at apps that have more of a privacy or a sensitivity angle, financial apps, Facebook, et cetera, their logos tend to be bluer and cooler because those are safer colors. So even, you know, again, the point is, if you've been intentional about it, chances are being been consistent about it is part of the game to driving efficiency. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So let's take an SEO spin on this. When you're looking at a medium where you don't have the opportunity to pick your brand colors, but it's still in SEO, you're trying to drive brand value. And it is primarily through tone and content. How do you think about being consistent in your copy, in your creative? What are some of the ways that the SEO community can think about cultivating their brand and honestly measuring it as well. 
So from a cultivating point of view, and copy is so tough, right? The way that we think about copy is we think about copy principles and what they mean. So ultimately, what, do you, what is the primary thing you're trying to accomplish? For example, internally, we think about, you know, we're not storytelling through copy. We're trying to add value to our users as quickly as possible because we know that, you know, our partners are really busy. So what that means is our tone of voice tends to be very concise, very to the point, very minimalist, not a lot of color. If you have certain taglines or certain principles that you're constantly emphasizing, the name of the game is, is repetition. If you have, you know, something that we've thought a lot about from a consistency point of view and from a branding point of view is metrics that you, uh, metrics or definitions that you then not necessarily make up, but, but help create and then repeat those over and over again to try and become associated with that metric. But with copy, it really does come down to, again, more of these subjective principles that you then run through every piece of copy through a checklist to make sure that they adhere to those principles in the first place. Yeah. What's going through my head is SEO is becoming increasingly a more branded or brandable channel. I don't know. Maybe it's not brandable. SEO is becoming more of a brand channel because we're able to evaluate it less because of the lack of actual clicks being driven. Google is taking content from all sorts of website and building it into the experiences on Google's page. And so then the question becomes, as an SEO, all right, well, I've created all of this content and now Google is just surfacing it themselves. So no one's coming to my website. Maybe not no one, but less people are coming to my website. They're still exposed to the brand. I could say, hey, look, we were in position zero. We had a richer featured snippet show up, but it didn't drive a click. Well, how do I figure out what the business impact of showing my content on Google is as opposed to then driving them onto the website? It is a brand impression, not a direct response impression. So as you think about creating content and surfacing it through you know, a third party, through Google, how would you approach evaluating the brand impact of that experience? I think this is where you, you probably have to go back to what the the display world and, and even the search world to some extent has been doing for a long time and, and looking at richer attribution models where you have to think about it's no longer, and again, it obviously depends on what it is that you're selling, but most decisions are not one-click decisions and there is an entire journey that consumers go through. So the question is, as you start to get some of the success where your content may be featured on the Google homepage, even if people aren't clicking in, what does that mean to some of those other underlying metrics? What does that mean to your overall traffic down the road? What does that mean to things like bounce rate, i.e. are people who are then coming to your site more committed because they've had exposure to your brand and there's a little bit more trust and more intent? But And then also thinking through what is kind of the right place in that consumer journey of those branded impressions that don't lead to direct performance so you can start to think about even things like retargeting and things like that to gen drive people further down the road. But those are all analogies from the display world. So I'm not sure how applicable they are here. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, when when the content is shown on Google's site, there's no ability to pixel or, or do any sort of attribution because the end consumer or sorry, the SEO doesn't have the ability to, to drive a click, right? You can't Google, you can't pixel Google's site. So you, the attribution problem still remains. You said something in yesterday's episode, which I thought was really interesting when you're evaluating creative, which is the dollar per impression, right? And understanding 
how much you're able to stay in front of the end consumer as opposed to what your expense is. And that's the way to evaluate your creative at most time. And when I'm thinking about what's happening in the SEO community, there needs to be more of a focus on the overall visibility and the impression count, as opposed to looking at it as just a direct response channel, which is impression, click, and then business performance. There are so many content, there's so much thought leadership that can be presented to a consumer through Google that it needs to be evaluated in honestly more of just a pure impression count basis, which doesn't sound like very sophisticated marketing. But you know, if you're able to stay in front of the consumers constantly by presenting them with the right information, even if you can't pixel it, doesn't mean it doesn't have any value. And really the only metric that we have is counting the impressions, counting the overall visibility, the awareness. Right. And, and well, so it's so two thoughts there. The first one is you know, what is the then relationship of that to SEM, right? And as you start to get some of these wins that you might not necessarily be able to measure in, in sort of a pixel by pixel way, what happens to the things you can measure, which is the, the SEM you're probably running alongside it. The second thought, and, you know, I studied psychology at university, is that exposure really is important, has been shown to be important time and time again. One of my favorite experiments around this is the things we see more, we find more attractive. So actually, when you look at celebrities, celebrities on average are not so much more attractive than regular people. It's just that we see them more. And so we tend to find them more attractive because of the exposure effect. And there's a fascinating experiment that was done. I can't remember exactly when, where a professor basically had two students that he put up their pictures on the wall on the first day of his Psych 101 lecture. And he had people rank them on level of attractiveness. And then he, he varied whether in, in one lecture hall... How Mark Zuckerbergian. <laughs> yeah. He varied in one of the lecture halls. Those two people came and sat in the class. That was a 500-person lecture. They were told not to speak, not to raise their hand. They just showed up for the length of the semester. And the other lecture hall that the professor taught, the students never came. And then what he did on the last day of class is he put those pictures up again and asked the students to rank the level of attractiveness of those very same people that he showed in the first day of class. And what you find, unsurprisingly, is that in the class where those students showed up, again, they're virtually anonymous, a 500-person lecture hall, they were ranked as being more attractive than those where they didn't, right? And, and what I often tell to my team about this is that exposure is a very powerful driver. Repetition is a very powerful driver when it comes to your brand, when it comes to your expertise. Yeah, I think it's an important takeaway for SEOs who are starting to think about in our content being eaten by Google. We're not getting the same value out of doing SEO. And and honestly, for more of the you know, general marketers as well, just because you're not able to track something doesn't mean that it doesn't have a positive impact on your business. And so we all need to be a little bit more comfortable thinking of SEO as more of a brand driving channel because of the impact and sort of the visibility that it can create, even if it's not driving those direct response results, it doesn't mean that there's no value being created. And I think this is where, you know, I understand given that the industry has been so focused on being data-driven, why that shift can feel incredibly scary and frustrating. But I think there is also some things you can start to do from a time series analysis, right? Where you can look at the before and after and compare all sorts of metrics as to, you know, it's not an exact science, right? But it gives you sort of a longitudinal view of how your overall business was doing from some of these metrics before you had some of the success, before more of your content was featured versus after. 
and get a sense, a rough sense as to whether or not it's making a difference. Yeah. At the end of the day, keeping your brand exposure is incredibly important, whether it's something that you can track or whether it isn't your visibility, right? Then we talk about this or talk about search metrics as visibility score regularly on this podcast. It is not just about how much traffic you're driving to evaluate your SEO success. It's about how visible, how accessible, how much you're able to stay in front of your potential consumers. That's what has the lasting business impact. Anastasia, before we let you go, any any parting thoughts? Two quick parting thoughts. The first one is, it seems like a great opportunity for this community to actually come up with then a metric they can start to own and popularize around these branded impressions within the SEO world if that hasn't been done already. And then the, the second part is, I wonder if there is a business opportunity here for the SEO community, because traditionally SEO has been seen predominantly as a direct response tool, but there now every brand you know, is online. They have to be, even if what they do is sell things offline. So is there an opportunity to actually engage an entire consumer segment that hasn't been engaged with before because of the branding power now inherent in SEO? Yeah, it's interesting to think about branding impacts, how branding is changing from offline to online, but also how Google's changes with how they're consuming content is changing the value of SEO and bringing it more towards being a brand-driven channel. Obviously, we still care about direct response very much so, but not 100% of our credit should be driven towards how we're able to drive traffic. There's also the other impacts SEO has on the marketing department and on the brand. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Anastasia Lang, CEO of CreativeX. If you'd like to get in touch with Anastasia, you could find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Ponastasia, P-O-N-Y-S-T-A-S-I-A, or you could visit her company's website, which is creativex.com, C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E, the letter X.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll see you back here in the next business day. 
All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Thank you.